and welcome to a new mini-episode of Gen Zero's Talk Politics. This shorter, more off-the-cuff format allows you to hear our quick takes on breaking news. So, we have a bunch of smaller stories that need to be talked about, so here we go. The Biden administration released a report basically saying that MBS, Mohammed bin Salman, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, was responsible for the killing of uh, Jamal Khashoggi, the journalist that was killed in 2018. Trump did nothing, and now Biden's doing something. He sanctioned a bunch of Saudi officials, and he released that report. A lot of people are, are like angry that uh, MBS himself wasn't targeted, but uh, yeah, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of angry too, but we never directly sanctioned Putin, and uh, Biden is trying to cut off all the military aid to Yemeni's civil war, and uh, where Saudi Arabia is having a tough time bringing progress there, and there's also uh, you know, cutting off the personal connections uh, to the White House, so there's that. Yeah, and also Saudi Arabia has been a very useful ally in the Middle East for the U.S., especially against Iran, which has been a rising friend in the Middle East for a long time. Also in the Middle East, the uh, airstrikes against Iranian-backed forces near the Iraq-Syria border. A lot of people are angry that you know they want the emergency wartime powers Congress gave the Bush administration back in like the early 2000s repealed. And I do agree, but we can't let Iran pick off our men and women overseas. We can't, we, we just can't. So we also need to, we need to like establish leverage if we're going to go back to the negotiating table for some kind of nuclear deal. Yeah, it's clear that this uh, airstrike against Syria was a was a threat to, um, uh, to America's security. I mean, these were Iranian-backed militants. Uh, but the question is, where's the transparency? Democratic colleagues uh, called out uh, Biden for not letting them know, including uh, Senator Tim Kaine. Uh, you know, I would even ask, is this even constitutional? Does the executive branch have the right to do military action without consulting Congress in any form? There are uh, U.S. sanctions uh, for the arrest of Alexei Navalny, the opposition leader in Russia. He has been imprisoned for several years on bogus trumped-up charges. And, uh, you know, he's definitely had a very troubled political past, which has been described as nationalist and arguing for an ethnically homogenous Russia. But I think, you know, he's trying to move past that and fight against corruption. So we have to be cautious about, about, about Navalny due to his... I think, nationalist political views, but he's the greatest friend to Putin, and Putin has been very damaging to Russia. So I support Navalny in his anti-corruption movement. Right, he's anti-corruption. I mean, we're going to, we got to take what we can get. Amnesty International is, there are bigger fish to fry right now, and uh, taking a stance against uh, jailing political dissonance is a good stance for Biden to do. Yeah, and this uh, is definitely going to be an uphill battle for improved democracy in Russia since it's essentially the idea of democracy has essentially been ignored in Russia since Yeltsin left office in 1999. Also, ethical concerns for Biden. One of the major ones was not releasing virtual visit logs as he promised to do. Yeah, he also, I I believe he also uh, hasn't released his own schedules. And maybe there are reasons for him not doing that, which we can, which, which we can currently think of, but it's extremely bad for transparency. And especially since the conservative media is always waiting to pounce on him, releasing a schedule in virtual logs would kind of shield him from the conservative media in some form by showing the conservative media that Sleepy Joe is napping for 16 hours a day. Don't go back to the former guy. And there's just a few uh, things that amount to a larger movement of Republican obstructionism. One was the uh, investigations into the insurrection. 
uh, well, Capitol Hill police and the FBI were basically telling us it wasn't Antifa and there were, intel- there were intelligence and miscommunication failures and there was no, it was a lack of preparation and everything else that needs to be investigated thoroughly, you know, went gone through. Josh Hawley, Ted Cruz, oh God, Ron Johnson. These people are screaming about Antifa. They're, you're talking about their own metadata. These people don't care. Some of these people need to be expelled because they, they took part in the very actions that egged on the, the insurrectionists. These, these people aren't serious. And there's also uh, Ron Johnson. He also had the Senate clerks read out the entire 628-page cover relief bill for, what, like 10 hours? It was yeah. disastrous. Yeah, I mean, so- Americans need financial support now in this pandemic more than ever. And Ron Johnson's having this clerk read the entire stimulus bill. I mean, this is just completely disgusting. You know what else is also disgusting? Greg Abbott repealing the mask mandate and reopening every business in Texas. They just had a blackout. The people are, are freezing to death. They, they need to recover. And the virus is still raging. And Why? Mississippi has also followed uh, in their path. Right. Why are Abbott and Reeves doing this? Because they need to run for 2024 or get reelected. Or God knows what else. I mean, these people, these people really don't care. Well, I don't think it's a 2024 run. I think it's more like re-election, staying popular after terrible natural disasters. Oh yeah, deflection. And yes, the lockdowns do have horrible consequences, but completely going in the other direction is not the answer. Yeah, Texas is still having 7,000 COVID cases daily. They're in no shape to reopen in any form. Then HR1 for the People Act, a giant democracy reform bill that basically uh, tries to end partisan gerrymandering that screws with congressional districts and expands voting rights and uh, tries to uh, put more transparency on the campaign finance. Mike Pence, like the first time we've heard from him since the insurrection, wrote an op-ed, a daily signal uh, attacking the bill, which uh, as a time recording just passed the house. And uh, yeah, this guy goes from almost being killed over the big lie, the big lie that Trump won the election and everything was rigged to propagating it. He's literally saying, getting word for word, what the former guy said. I mean, I, I thought Pence would, you know, fade away from uh, his former boss after, as you said, the insurrection almost killed him. But I'm surprised that he's still sticking by him. I really thought Pence hated Trump on a personal level because it went against his Christian values. I mean, he was unfaithful to his wives and lied a lot, but, but I thought he loved his policy and that's why he stayed with him. But I'm surprised at this guy's amount of devotion toward his fellow boss. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And apparently he was so angry at Trump that in you know, the days after the 6th, but he went, he went crawling back to him because he wanted to smooth things over because 2024. No, he, he's not. He can't run in 2024 because nobody likes him anymore. He barely registered in the CPAC straw polls. And I know that doesn't mean much, but I mean, come on. You'd expect at least the vice president under the popular Republican president to get some kind of pedigree, at least above the governor of Florida. Yeah, but he quote unquote betrayed him. So he's not popular anymore. Hypocrisy and irony do not do this justice. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow us on social media and join the ongoing conversation on our Discord server.